You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam. On today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam, I am chatting with actress and playwright Lois Robbins. Lois has been seen on such hit TV shows as TV Land's Younger, All My Children, One Life to Live, and has worked with such Hollywood's, some of Hollywood's biggest names, including Vanessa Redgrave, Jonathan Rise, Casper Van Dien, Molly Ringwald, Kathy Najimy, Meg Ryan, and Melanie Griffith. When we come back, we'll be talking with Lois about her legacy, lessons learned, and much more. So stay tuned. Hi, Lois. Hello, Adam. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for asking me to. Oh, you're welcome. We have so much to talk about, so let's get right to it. Okay. Uh, my first question, we're going to start with the legacy conversation. So X amount of years from now, when someone mentions the name Lois Robbins, what do you hope people say about you? It's a great question. And I always think about who I am as a person and who I am as an actor, because mm -hmm. I think often people, you know, times people don't really know you as a person, they know you as an actor. Mm -hmm. So as a person, uh, I'd really like to say, and as an actor actually, that I do what I say and I say what I do. Um, that no one works harder than I do. Um, so I, I'd like them to say that nobody worked harder than Lois Robbins, always showed up on time. Um, and that I have a lot of integrity in, uh, in my life and in my work and that I'm somebody that people can count on and I'm a great secret keeper. <laughs> mm. Well, we'll see if I can pry any of those secrets out of you today. <laughs> I actually have a great line that when people ask me about somebody else, uh -huh. I'm back to them as always, it's not my story to tell. Mm. That's a great way to answer. <laughs> I love that. Now, one one thing um, about you is in 2019, you had your one woman show, Lover, at Signature Theater Signature Theater in New York City, and it was produced by Daryl Roth and directed by one of my favorite directors, Karen Carpenter. Love her. <laughs> she is fantastic. Um, what do you want people to know about your theatrical work in regards to your legacy of in the theater. Well, before I tell you about that, I do want to tell you that the original title of L-O-V-E-R was Bearing It All. Oh my gosh. What yes, a small world. Title and Daryl Roth, who mentored the project from the beginning uh, in the first read through said to me, I think you should change the title because L-O-V-E-R was already in the text. Mm. And I think you should change it to that. But Bearing It All was the title for a very long time. Oh, wow. I love that. So when I saw the name of your podcast, oh, we're going to get along just great. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, in terms of my, the legacy of my work in the theater and about that project, is that the question? Yes. Um, I think for me, uh, what I'd like people to walk away with thinking about that project was that it was a very brave piece of theater mm -hmm. and uh, a something that I hoped people would uh, would cause other people to think about their own lives and their own journeys, and that 
people walked away feeling um, that it was okay to be imperfect. Mm. That is so important because everybody does, I think, try to be this perfect person. I mean, I certainly know when I record all my episodes, when I'm editing afterwards, I'm like, oh, I have to take this out because I want to, I wanted to make it as flawless as possible, but it, it, I have to learn it is okay to have a few imperfections here and there. And it was also very much about authenticity. And that mm. was important to me. So if anything is the legacy, uh, I'd like, like it to be, I guess, in that piece that I um, was determined to be my most authentic self. Mm, that's wonderful. And what did you learn? Um, what did you learn about yourself from writing that piece? Well, that actually about authenticity, because uh, when I first wrote the very first draft that Daryl heard, um, there, there's a scene in there about uh, confronting breast cancer, and that mm. scene is not in there. And uh, Daryl said to me, I need you to write something that's going to break my heart, because while the, this journey is wonderful and funny and touching, I need to see that moment where um, you have to deal with real adversity. Mm. And I had been curious to know why something that was probably the most traumatic moment in my own life uh, didn't make it into the original draft. Mm. <laughs> so I had to ask myself why that was. And uh -huh. of course, after she said it and I had time to think about it, I thought, well, I have to write about that. Uh, because for me, it was a secret. Mm. And I had to confront uh, myself with why that was a secret and why did I feel I needed to hide that part of my own life's journey and mostly it was because um, I wasn't being my most authentic self I had this image that uh, I needed to be perfect and that I didn't want to show all my little imperfections mm. and once I started writing about it and dealing with it it was the most liberating thing I'd ever done in my life. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier that she got me to go there. Yes, yes. Daryl always knows how to bring that real human touch to, I mean, all of her projects. And um, I think it's wonderful that she got you to, to open up that way and to be able to, um, you know, face that, that part of you that you didn't want to initially share, but now you're so glad that you did. And I will say, uh, going back to Karen Carpenter, you know, this show had a lot of incarnations. Karen was the last and, um, and the director that, you know, took it to the signature. And one thing that she changed about the piece was it, when I originally wrote it, I wrote it, it was more storytelling. And mm -hmm. Karen said, no, we're not going to tell the story. We're going to live the story. Mm. And she had me rewrite the whole play. I had to go back and tell it as if it was happening to me in the moment. And so I became the five-year-old child. I became the teenager. I became myself in my 20s. And she, and it, she made me live it. And mm. that changed the whole tone of the piece. Wow. Do you have any plans when, um, when live theater opens up again to, to mount the show again? Uh, well, I won't do it. Uh -huh. um, there is conversation, there was right before COVID, uh, it wanted to be optioned in uh, France and in Spain oh. uh, and translated into French and Spanish. And we'll see. I mean, I do have a fantasy and Karen had the same fantasy of having other actors step into the role. Mm -hmm. well, we'll see, I hope so. I also had a fantasy about turning it into a television series with all those characters coming to life. So mm. I think that would be really fun. That would be. Ah. Oh. Because I, I love seeing you on TV, so that would be amazing.
<laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and speaking of TV, I mean, I, I just mentioned a handful of shows that you were in in the intro. But what do you what do you want people to know about your television work? I mean, you were you did a lot of work in in the soap opera world, and um, I know you most recently from your appearances on Younger, which is one of my all time favorite TV shows. I love, I'm sorry, I love that show. It's so good. <laughs> so good, so good. And I loved your character because, you know, I, I feel like she was, um, you know, she like knew what she wanted, but I liked that controlling side of her and um, a, a little bit uh, conniving at the same time. And um, I, I mean, like I said to you just before the interview started, I'm only sorry that Maggie didn't actually join Penelope in her adventure. It, it should have happened. And I told... Uh, Darren Starr that it should happen, but you know, who am I? Um, <laughs> I really thought that there was potential for that and it's a shame they didn't develop Penelope further because yeah. I think she's a great character and I loved working with that cast, it was fantastic. Uh, but as I told you right before we started, um, my, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, I think Darren should bring me onto Sex in the City to replace Kim Cattrall, who doesn't yes. want to and I actually, people have told me in the past that I remind them of Kim Cattrall, something about my voice and the cadence of my voice. Mm. So, you know, hey, if they're smart, they'll bring me in for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome. So what do you want people to know about your, your television legacy? You know, I've had, uh, my, my years on daytime were wonderful. I feel very proud of the work that I've done. I don't feel like my best work has happened yet. Mm. I think that um, there's a lot for me to do in the future and I'm hoping uh, I've got a lot of projects sort of in the air right now. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, I'm very proud of, I, I was very proud of the work that I did on Blue Bloods. Um, unfortunately, mm -hmm. The second scene, for whatever reason, they were too long in the show. The second scene did, never made it into the episode, which is a shame because it was a really good scene. Uh, but I did get to work with uh, Ari Stachel, who starred on Broadway in The Band's Visit, and uh, he played my son. And, you know, I think the thing that I want, I'm, I'm just very proud of all the work that I've done. I think I've made some great choices. And, um, and again, I don't think that uh, my best work has been seen yet. So. Mm. Were there any shows that you uh, wish you got cast in that you didn't? Where should we start? <laughs> there are so many. I, you know, I, and the good thing about COVID is that I've been binge watching everything. Uh -huh. and, you know, I've been watching things that I, that I auditioned for and didn't get and uh, thinking, well, that person actually deserved that. That was really great. But mm. yeah, there's a lot of things I think I should have been cast in and a lot of things that are happening now that I'm hoping to be cast in something I have to put myself on tape for this afternoon. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know where to begin. There's, you know, a million roles out there. And again, starting with the, uh, they're going to redo Sex in the City. I think that's a great show that uh, I should be on for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we would, you were on one episode um, on, uh, uh, in the original. Yes, on the, uh, in the very first uh, season. Yes. And again, I had a larger role on that episode but they decided that I looked too much like Kristen Davis mm. so they said we looked like we could be sisters and I had this huge close-up monologue that I was supposed to do and they were like mm, she looks so much like her I'm not sure so I don't know maybe that's the reason they won't bring me back you know as, as a fourth character but 
maybe I can come back as her sister. I was just going to say that could open up a whole, uh, a whole new storyline. Exactly. Because we, in, during the series, we met her brother. So uh, why not? Exactly. <laughs> so what do you want people to know all about your philanthropy work? Um, I, I think that it's important uh, for people to know that I was raised by two people who uh, were very um, involved in all kinds of philanthropy and were very clear with, I'm the youngest of four girls, mm -hmm. uh, they were very clear with us that giving back is probably one of the most important things you can do in life. So I have, uh, it's been a mantra of mine. I feel like I've been very blessed in my life and things that I'm passionate about are uh, the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, the Dubin Breast Center, um, lupus, because my sister has lupus. Um, I, I'm involved with so many different charities uh, that, um, and it's mostly, you know, I'm on the board of, of the Hampton International Film Festival, which isn't a charity, but something that I'm very passionate about. I, I'm involved with the, the Whitney Museum of Art. Uh, and these are all charities that I spend time uh, with. I don't just give my money, and I think that's uh, also important. I mean, I think it's very important to give money, but I think that when you can devote time, that's also uh, really important. So I, I try and get involved with things that I want to actually spend time uh, working on. And um, yeah, so I, I, I guess I feel the most blessed that I have the ability to give back. That's wonderful. And it is, it is great to give back and to be able to help others. Um, is, is there any particular event with any of the charities that you do your philanthropy work with that um, afterwards you just felt like just you were like I, I I'm changed from was there like one event that maybe you just didn't I, I don't know you didn't realize how it would affect you yeah how important it was or how it would affect there's you one there's one charity here in Los Angeles um, which helps um, underprivileged uh, children in the downtown area. My husband and I were both so blown away by what this charity is doing, by you know bringing children backpacks for school and pencils and paper and uh, you know all the donating that they're doing and helping these uh, mostly single moms, uh, giving you know making sure the kids have food and and a roof over their head. I wow. was so touched by it that we immediately called and said, what can we do? And I really didn't know about the charity until we went to the event. So I was very happy to have experienced that. That really touched me. Oh, that's wonderful. And wonderful to help so many kids who need it. Yes. That's, yeah. Well, that's, um, that's actually the whole section for the legacy chat. So um, let's take a, uh, a quick break. And when we come back, let's just have some fun. We'll do some rapid fire questions and then we'll move into lessons learned. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Lois Robbins. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. 
you know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ plus community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit Can'tCancelPride.com to learn more. And now we're back. So let's do some rapid fire questions to get to know you a little bit differently. Uh, favorite TV show? Uh, right now it's The Blacklist. Mm. Favorite musical? Definitely Hamilton. I'm sorry to be so boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great one. Favorite play? To Kill a Mockingbird, hands down. Yes, yes. Amazing. Uh, favorite cereal? Oh, Grape Nuts. All day. Yum. <laughs> Favorite game show? Jeopardy. Mm, yes. Favorite board game? Monopoly. Yes. And which, which piece do you like to be? Oh, the shoe. Oh, okay. Good. I like to be the dog, so we wouldn't okay. have an issue. Okay. <laughs> uh, your go-to karaoke song? The Rose. Ooh. I love that. And your go-to emoji when texting? A heart. Oh, I love it. Any particular color? Red. Red. I love it. Sometimes pink, sometimes blue, depending on Mm. actually who I'm talking to and what it's about. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Well, let's talk about some lessons that you have learned throughout your life. So what is one mistake you made early on in your career that became a life lesson you take with you to this day? Such a good question, Adam. Thank you. Uh, I had uh, booked my very first national network commercial, and I was very young. Uh-huh. Set my alarm. It didn't go off. Uh, my phone ringer was broken. Oh my god! And I was late. Um, I had the entire uh, Benton and Bowles um, and advertising company. The advertising company, it was for Love's Diapers. I was playing a very young mom. I was probably 17. And wow. <laughs> uh, but I kept them all waiting and I was mortified. So um, I thought I'd never work again. I really was so dead. I was so traumatized by it. That I have never, ever been late. I'm actually always early and I never keep anyone waiting. So that was mm-hmm. the lesson. And the woman playing my mother, Joan, blanking on her last name, was the president of my union. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was horrifying. Horrifying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Awful. So I, I, I learned to never be late again. Do you set an extra alarm now? Always. Yeah. Yep. yep. Terrific. Yep. Terrific. <laughs> and you and you and clearly you've worked plenty. So. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It was a great lesson to learn, actually, very at a very young age, and um, and I'm even like that in life. Like if I'm my friends know if they ask me to be somewhere, I'm always the first one to arrive. And my husband's like, "Why do you always have to be the first one?" <laughs> 
Or is it because I hate to keep people waiting? Yeah, I should take a lesson. I always say I, I'm late to everything except an interview and a show. Have you ever been fired from a show? And if so, what did that moment teach you? Oh, this is a really good story. I was on my um, first soap opera. It was called Another Life. It was being shot in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it was a Christian broadcasting network. Oh. And um, every day they would ask me if I would uh, come to prayer in the morning. They'd always pray before work. Um, and I'd say, no, thank you so much, but I prefer to pray alone. One day I was sitting in the makeup chair and the makeup uh, artist, who was doing my face over the last many weeks was kept asking me a, a pr very probing questions which I was darting quite well because I actually knew where he was headed so um, he asked me finally one day uh, if I like to cook and I said yes I love to cook and he said what do you like to cook and I said I make a great lasagna mm -hmm. and he said oh are you Italian and I said no I'm not and he said well what are you and I said I'm Jewish. And I was literally handed my papers. I was fired the next day. Um, so, yeah. So what did I learn? I learned that there's an enormous amount of anti-Semitism out there in the world. And that, um, not that I didn't already know that, but it was very hurtful. And you know, I don't know that, I mean, I learned anything more than that was really sad, that that was the world we live in, especially on the heels of what we're going through right now. Yes. World. But uh, that was a pretty eye-opening, upsetting experience. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? Again, I think I said this earlier, but I think that I'm extremely tenacious and I do what I say and I say what I do. Mm -hmm. As I said earlier, that I think is um, the biggest thing. Uh, I, I'm really very reliable. What is something out of the ordinary you have learned from a co-star? Um, again, another great story. I don't know, uh, you're very young, but do you know who Imogene Coco was? I don't. Imogene Coco was a very famous, she probably started on radio. Okay. Um, she was a very famous comedian uh, and uh, had, a talk, had a television series when she was younger and much older than I am, but somebody that I grew up knowing who she was. And I, when I was on Ryan's Hope, uh, she was doing a guest shot on the show. And here's a woman that had been in the business for probably at that point, like 50 years. Mm -hmm. And she was so nervous. She was so nervous. And she's asking me, I was a little pisher. She's asking me, am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? And I thought, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much work you've had under your belt, how seasoned. Everybody is insecure. All mm -hmm. actors are innately insecure. I think, I think anybody in the entertainment business is. I mean, I know I am with, with a lot of different things that I do. And I always want to, like, I always think, oh, is this, is this the best version I can put out? Should I have done something different? I mean, I think we're always second guessing ourselves. But that is, um, it's actually a really healthy way to be because um, I read somewhere once, and I think it's true, actors artists, performers, whatever you want, should never be satisfied. Mm. Always be striving for more, for, for excellence. Yes. I like that. Now it makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> True. It's the, it's the yeast with which brilliance comes. Yeah. Oh, that's a great quote. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> what is something you wish you could tell your younger self 
that would have saved you from a mistake or heartache either in life or in your career? Just so you know, that is always my last question on my own show. Oh my gosh. That's why we're so connected. Separated at birth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when, when I saw the question, I was like, oh my God, I've, asked, I've been asking this question. What would I say? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for asking. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I think that I would definitely tell myself, my younger self, to um, ask for what I want. Mm. And don't be afraid. Um, because, you know, my mom used to say, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I thought that was such a great line. But I don't know that I ever really followed it that clearly. And mm. I was... I would tell my younger self, you are good enough. You are good enough. And, um, and that I, I'm where I'm supposed to be and that I don't have to be such a people pleaser. And it doesn't matter. God, there are so many things I would tell my younger self. <laughs> I, not, like, not everybody has to like me. I think I really suffered from that terribly. And so I made some decisions in my life based on what other people thought, not necessarily what I thought was in my own best interest. So um, I would definitely say, don't be such a people pleaser, you silly little girl. I think also it's, you know, just to, to know that you're enough, just to know that as you are is, an, is enough. And I think, gosh, I wish I, I wish I had known that when I was young. Yes. Yes. I wish it didn't take so long to figure that part out. Lastly, for the lessons learned, uh, what is a lesson you have learned from playing your favorite game on your phone? Well, for a long time, I was playing words with friends. Yes. Which I loved until I started realizing that people thought it was a dating app. <laughs> and, and I would get the most lascivious, vile messages from men, mostly, um, that I was like, ew, this is so gross. Like, what are these people doing with their free time? And, and some of them, some of these people I kind of knew, like, uh -huh. I didn't know them, but I knew who they were. Um, and that was really, so that's what I learned. I learned to get off words with friends because people were not playing the game for the right reasons. Wow. <laughs> Let's uh, go on to this next section I have, which I call In the Closet with Call Me Adam, because I record all of my interviews in my closet. <laughs> My first question is, what is one physical item you have in your closet? Okay, I was a little flummoxed by that question because okay. when you say physical item, I mean, my clothes are there. Those are physical items. Yes. You mean other than my clothing? I kind of leave it open to your own interpretation. Maybe if you have like a favorite clothing item or if you do have other items besides clothes. I do have two things in my, in my closet that I treasure. One is a photograph that was taken of me in college from a friend of mine who was a who's minoring, I guess, in photography. And it's a spectacular picture. And I've always had it framed in my closet. Ooh. And the other one is a caricature that my two besties made for me uh, that is hilarious. And I keep it hanging on a section in my closet. And those are the two things that I have other than my clothing that just make me smile whenever I look at them. Oh, I love that. Oh, wait, there's, I'm sorry, there's one other thing. Oh, yeah, what's that? 
And it's really maybe, I can't believe I forgot about it. It's my most favorite. Um, my mom and I used to love to go to like thrift places and uh, you know, thrift shops and all this. She bought me many, many, many years ago an original Cabbage Patch doll. Oh my gosh. And that is in my closet on a shelf. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. Yeah. I've not seen a Cabbage Patch doll in a long time. So ugly and so cute. Yes. Yes. Oh, I miss my Cabbage Patch kids. Now this next part of the section is influenced by uh, Weird Al Yankovic had a song called Stuck in the Closet with Vanna White. So if you could be stuck in the closet with any celebrity, who would you choose to be stuck with? It depends. Okay. If, it, if it's many hours during the day, I would say Meryl Streep for sure. Mm-hmm. And if it were the evening hours, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> yeah i'd like just to be stuck overnight in the closet with bradley cooper and I, my husband said i have a whole pass there oh that's so nice that's a great husband <laughs> yeah love bradley cooper <laughs> yes oh he's fantastic i saw him on uh on broadway in the elephant man oh i didn't see he, he was uh it's I forgot now how many years ago, but it was definitely a few years ago, and he was he was fantastic. I don't know when he sang with uh, Lady Gaga on the Oscars. Yes, I think that was like maybe the highlight of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was so beautiful. That would be definitely a great person to be in the closet with. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were in the closet with Vanna White, would you have her spell out coffee or tea? Oh, definitely coffee. And how do you take your coffee? Black. And lastly, what baked baked good would you have Vanna White spell out? Croissant. Oh, yes. Mm. Very Mm. buttery and crisp. (laughs) Yes. Nothing like a buttery croissant. Mm. Well, we are already up to my last question. Um, And I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. Now, you've revealed a lot already, but if you, would, if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you haven't talked about previously, what would you share with me today? <laughs> it actually made me laugh. Um, I would tell you, uh, I would bear it all to everybody that I have really ugly feet, and I come from a long line of women with ugly feet, or though I perceive them to be ugly, um, very long, skinny toes and uh, just horrible feet. And um, I'm looking at them now, they're horrible. And my mother used to say all the time to my sisters and to me, she'd say, darling, with that face, nobody's looking at your feet. (laughs) (laughs) This has just been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Adam, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And where can everybody find you on social media? On Instagram, you can find me at LoisRobbins21. Uh, tune in to my show on Fridays, uh, generally 3 p.m. Uh, EST, 12 p.m. PST. And uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter uh, and my name. And uh, thank you again. And tune in. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, everybody listening, follow Lois on social media and tune in on Fridays for her show. And always remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have over a thousand hours of podcast episodes to listen to. So keep listening.
he'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know just ask anybody who's had him at all the place for the business of show callmeadam.com find more episodes of bearing it all with call me adam everywhere you stream podcasts for my print and video interviews visit my website callmeadam.com follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on facebook twitter and instagram and finally if you really want to get involved support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my patreon family visit patreon.com/callmeadamnyc there you'll get a variety of backstage perks including advanced notice of interviews the ability to submit a question to my guests and everyone's favorite swag